Good morning. It's great to have you here with us. Let's all stand up and let's start our worship service off by singing Here I Am to Worship. everything up to you this morning. Lord, just drowned out all the extra stuff that we brought here with us, all the baggage. And Lord, just help us to focus on you. 
and to know that you've taken care of a multitude of sins and that you're just going to take care of us today and for the rest of our lives. Lord, open our hearts so that we can feel your presence. In your name I pray. Amen. someone near you and children we invite you to come join us up front for sharing
I was waiting for Drew. I was heckling down the steps. But we're glad Drew's here and all of you guys are here with us today. Well, today we're going to talk about a special day coming up this week. And we had one last week. What did we celebrate last week? What did we talk about last week? Thank you, Natalie. Yes, Valentine's Day. Can anybody tell me what's coming up this week? Justin. Easter. President's Day. Yeah, that's tomorrow, isn't it? I bet most of you guys are off of school, huh? Eli's not. He's off tomorrow. Oh. So you guys get to sleep in, kind of hang out, yeah? But there's another day that's coming up. Lauren. Well, that's good, yes. It's the beginning Easter of our Bunny. Easter celebration. Lent. That's right. Lent. This Wednesday, and I want you guys to remember, if you guys have time, I want you guys to come out to the church. Yes, we are going to celebrate Ash Wednesday, and I believe it's at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So if you and your family would like to come, come and celebrate with us in the sanctuary. Now, we're going to talk about that today and what that means. So Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. And Lent, that's the time of the year we remember Jesus suffering for us. And we focus on the importance of being sorry for our sins and asking God to forgive us and help us be better. This day is called Ash Wednesday for a reason. A reason. And we have a traditional custom. We put ashes on our forehead. Okay. So that may seem kind of fun or silly, but it's very important, and it's symbolic of why we do that. And do you guys know what ashes are? Yes. What are, go ahead. My friend's um, dog died, and they had the, and still kept the ashes from him. Okay, that's right. It's something, ashes are something from that might be burned or destroyed. And during Ash Wednesday... <laughs> We have a custom, and it, it reminds us that our own bodies will one day return to the earth, the same earth on which God made the first man, Adam. Ashes remind us that we sinners must die. As God said to Adam, dust you are, and dust you shall return. And you'll see some, you might see some people out when you're out and about, and the ashes, they go onto our heads in the symbol of a cross. So even the ashes remind us that God, man who died on the cross, Jesus conquered death and will raise, us, raise our bodies from the grave. All this was part of a message. Now there's a story in our Bible about Jonah. You guys know the Jonah story? Yes. Yes. Jonah was sent to preach to the very bad, sinful city of, do you remember the name of the city? Close. Mm, you're almost saying it. Nineveh. Yes, Nineveh. And God had commanded Jonah. He said, go to Nineveh and call the people there to repent, confess their sins, and ask God for forgiveness, changing their sinful ways. But guess what? Jonah was a little doubtful. That's right, he didn't go. And what did he try to do? Tried to get on a ship. Yes, he tried to hide and he got on a ship, didn't he? That's right. Very good. But that's right. He didn't hide. He wasn't able to hide because God knows where we are and he knows where we are all the time. So he knew where Jonah was. 
So do you guys know what happened next? Okay, what happened and next when whale, he was on the ship? And the whale ate him. Oh, that's right. I have that story in my Bible. That's very good. That's right. That's right. God caused a big wind to come, didn't he? And Jonah realized, uh-oh, that's against me because God knows I'm trying to hide from him. So that's right. He told the sailors on the ship, throw me overboard. And the whale did come and get him, didn't he? But the whale didn't eat him, did he? He just stayed in his tummy for how many days? Three days. Three days. That's right. So then in three days, Jonah was released, or the whale spit him out. The giant creature spit him out, didn't he? God told him to do that. That's right. God told the whale to do that. That's right. That's right. So after this, Jonah knew he better follow what God asked him to do. So he did. He went and then So he went to the land of Nineveh and he told the people, repent, he said. And he was surprised and amazed that the people did and they listened. The people repented and even the king sits in the the ashes to show how sorry he was for his sins. And the best part, when they asked for forgiveness, God gave them forgiveness. So this story is telling us and reminding us, and it's kind of linked to Lent and what's going to happen, that Jesus was in the belly for three days. Is that right? So it's kind of interesting how Jesus, when he dies for us, he's in the tomb. How many days did he, after how many days did he rise from the dead? That's right. Okay. So this is the beginning of that very important lesson that we as Christians believe in that Jesus died for our sins so that we can have everlasting life. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, as we enter into Ash Wednesday and the time that we need to repent and try to be good, help us remember that you have come to save us and so that we may have everlasting life with you in heaven. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning and good to see everyone. Glad we can be together on this uh, Sunday that's kind of strange out there. It's supposed to be getting colder all day today, I think. Temperature going down. Uh, but anyway, good to see you here. If you're um, uh, visiting with us, we're glad to have you here and trust that you'll come back to worship with us on many future occasions. Do you have some prayer concerns this morning? Uh, If so, would you lift your hand that we might get you an index card and we invite you to write something down that you don't mind me repeating and we'll share your concern together in prayer. So if you, and when you're done, if you'll raise the card back up, our ushers can come and pick that up. The youth are selling sweatshirts and soon t-shirts as a part of their fundraising for their summer mission work. Um, I believe uh, there are some youth at the back table back there that are responsible for that today. 
Um, so um, anyway, uh, check with them and, and make your order for a sweatshirt at this time. Kids, join us tonight for our regular Sunday night program from 5.30 till 7. And remember, all first through fifth graders are invited to join Ms. Jessica in the social hall at 5 p.m. for handbells. Join us for a church family fun night at the Greenville Road Warriors hockey game. We have a block of seats reserved for Friday, March the 2nd. Tickets are $8 each, and the game starts at 7.35. Reserve your seats today by signing up inside the entrance to the Family Life Center. Uh, see Katie Jeter or Wayne and Christy Morris with questions. Uh, let's see. Rochelle, I've been told to call on Rochelle for a word, an announcement today. I'd rather call on Bailey. She's coming too. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready for possibly the best night of your life? That's going to be March 11th. And the cross-training Sunday school class is uh, hosting Southern Eats and Silent Treats featuring the not-so-newlywed game. And I would just like to say probably the best part of the evening is there is going to be a nursery. Um, so it's $10 per person. You can um, go to the back table. Um, Jocelyn will be there today next to the youth selling tickets, or you can catch any of the cross trainer members and get tickets for that. Oh, and all the proceeds are going to benefit the church budget. Thank you very much. Let's see. Today also, uh, we will be beginning the confirmation class for sixth graders and above who are um, <clears throat> interested in learning about church membership, and that's going to be over by my office at 5.30 um, to get through in time for the youth to come on over here at 6.30 for their usual supper. I think I've already got five um, youth signed up for that class, so any others that would like to join us you don't have to be that young. Uh, if you're eighth, ninth, or 10th grade and haven't joined yet, you're welcome to come uh, to that class as well. I don't know exactly what to tell you about office hours at church this week. June had a bad fall on Friday at a physical therapist's office. That's not where we usually go to fall. Um, <clears throat> but she's injured her back. She's doing remarkably well uh, but I don't know what she's going to feel like early on Monday morning. So uh, if you have business that needs to be in the church office, you might want to call first to make sure that uh, someone is here uh, during the time before you come. But hopefully June will bounce back from this and be back with us very soon. If you've got your prayer cards ready, if you lift them up, we'll uh, collect them now and join together in prayer. Ash Wednesday, yes, as... Uh, Susanna was saying it is Wednesday, and we get ashes. Uh, that's this coming Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in the sanctuary um, as we begin, as we mark the beginning of the season of Lent, and we invite you to be here for a 30-minute service uh, to help us prepare our hearts for 
this important time of the um, church year. Thank you. Got them all, I guess. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, these are our special prayers for this date. We pray for continued healing for Roger Brown and his fight against cancer. We give you thanks for Dad's successful surgery and healing. We pray for our troops at harm's way and their families and loved ones. We pray for healing for Martha Gibson, for comfort, uh, for Marilyn Haas and her husband Mike. We give you praise and thanks for a job for a family member. We pray for Cam's mom who has been diagnosed with cancer. And we pray for a family member in a new location that they might find a church. We pray, Lord, for your healing and recovery for a father who had knee surgery. We pray for a sister, Laura, and her husband and three children who are moving to the Middle East this week to work as missionaries. We pray for safety and protection and that they could be powerful witnesses for you in that place. And we remember Roger Smith and we pray for him this day. Lord, these are our special prayers for this day. And we remember that we pray in the mighty and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Sermon Elijah, part one. Scripture reading is Second um, Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. But I'm going to add three more verses, verses at the end that... Um, I think make, makes the story kind of round out better. When Elijah was about to take, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? 
Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. Verse 13 through 15 reads like this. Elisha picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Here ends the lesson. Well, again, I hope I pricked your emotions or your uh, interest at least with uh, the title of this sermon, Elijah Part 1. You know that whenever something is big enough to be called part one, there has to be at least a part two. And in this case, there happens to even be a part three. Today is Transfiguration Sunday. It's the last in the Sundays of Epiphany. Lent begins this Wednesday. Transfiguration Sunday marks the time when Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, when he was transfigured or changed into his heavenly appearance. And there he was joined by Moses and Elijah. The closest friends of Jesus were there also to see this. Now they believed that the purpose of this occurrence was to fulfill something that Jesus had told them that they would not die before they had seen the kingdom come in all of its power and glory. So Elijah, Elisha, and John the Baptist were all very significant kinsmen, if you think about it. Three prophets who had a very similar mission. And together I'm calling those three parts one, two, and three of Elijah's presence. Elijah Elijah in the Old Testament um, is part one. He was one of the mightiest of the Old Testament prophets. We're told that one time he prayed... And a drought 
was the result of his prayer. He shut the heavens from water. He took on all the prophets of Baal and prevailed over them. The mightiest of the kings were afraid of this prophet. One day he was walking along and he saw Elisha uh, plowing a field with 12 yoke of oxen. And he called him to follow him in a symbolic way. He just tossed his coat up on Elisha's back, a symbol of call, come and follow me. God told Elijah, you see, that Elisha would succeed him in his office. So Elijah, part two, has to be Elisha because he continued the ministry of his mentor. He also became a great prophet as his spiritual father had been. Kings also were afraid of him. He raised the dead and healed a leper, among other miracles. Together, Elijah and Elisha were the stereotypes of what a prophet of God should be. So who is Elijah part three? Well, Jesus said he was none other than John the Baptist. Because the prophet Malachi had predicted that God would send back the prophet Elijah before the day of the Lord arrived. Jesus told his disciples that John was the fulfillment of that prophecy because John had come in that same office and in the spirit of the prophet Elijah. For this reason, some people refer to John the Baptist as the last of the Old Testament prophets, even though he lived in the time of the New Testament. Second Kings tells a wonderful story about Elijah's departure from earth and the beginning of Elisha's ministry. Now, I realize that technically speaking, Elijah did not die. But when someone leaves the earth and goes to heaven, it sure looks a lot like death, doesn't it? Elisha certainly experienced this moment as a death of his mentor. And so for just a few minutes, I want you to, to think about this as a death. Because there are so many things that we see going on between Elijah and Elisha that can help you and me as we deal with some important issues in our lives. We can learn from these folks' experiences. The story begins with the two men traveling along together on life's highway. Elijah knows that his time is coming to an end and that he will be dying or at least leaving the earth. And three times he tries to get rid of his sidekick so that Elisha wouldn't have to walk with him through those dark days leading to his death. Three times, though, Elisha answers like he was an ancient Samwise Gamgee of the Lord of the Rings fame. There's no way that I'm leaving you at a time like this. I said I was going with you, I will. Two times a group of prophets, one from Bethel and one from Jericho, go out to meet Elisha to make sure that he's aware of the fact that Elijah is about to leave, that God's going to take him away. And two times Elisha responds, of course I'm aware of that, but I don't want to talk about it. Isn't that the way we are sometimes? Finally, Elijah and Elisha come to the Jordan River 
which has long been a symbol of that thing we cross over as we journey to the promised land of heaven. And uh, Elijah parts the water with his cloak so that Elisha can can continue on his journey with him right up to the point of death. This time, the group of prophets just stands back over in in the corner. They look like a bunch of mourners that have come and gathered uh, in a cemetery. Knowing that he is dying, so to speak, Elijah asks Elisha uh, if there's anything he can do, what final act of love he might perform for him. And Elisha asks for a double portion of the Holy Spirit which has lived inside of Elisha's heart all these years, Elijah's heart all these years. Elijah realizes that this request is one that only God can grant. And so he tells Elisha that if God allows him to see him as he is being taken off to heaven, that he will have his prayer answered. Suddenly, the departure occurs And Elijah is taken away from Elisha in a chariot of fire, what the writer also refers to as a whirlwind. But Elisha does get to see the whole thing clearly. He cried, my father, my father, and ripped his clothing as an expression of his sorrow. Elisha realizes that his mentor has departed from earth for heaven to be with God, and yet he grieves deeply and tears his clothing in sorrow. In short, he is grief-stricken. And in his sorrow, Elisha feels something that we often feel at the time of death, abandonment. He felt abandoned by God. Where are you now, God of Elijah? He cried out. Well, lying there on the ground is Elijah's cloak, that same coat that had been tossed upon his back to call Elisha to be a follower. Armed with that cloak, Elisha walks back to the bank of the Jordan, and like he had seen his mentor do before him, he struck the water with the cloak, and again the river parted, and he was able to walk across the river on dry land. The mourners at that cemetery, the prophets, know what this means. And they answer Elisha's question about where God is. We know where God is, they said. We know where God's spirit now lives. The spirit is now upon you, Elisha. Elisha becomes a mighty prophet of God just as his spiritual father was. I hope you could see, as I did this week, some spiritual parallels with our own experience in life with with death. We travel along together in life's journey. We walk along the path. We even walk along beside those who are dying and being taken from us. Some of those are our mentors as well as our friends. Other people can see what's happening, and so they come to us to make sure that we're okay. Are we aware that one that we love is going to soon be taken from us? And we often say, of course we know that, but I just don't want to talk about that today. We try to deny that fact, and we try to hide this truth from ourselves, but we know 
we know. Sometimes our dying friend seems to want to complete the journey all by themselves. And the hospice nurses that I know have told me that sometimes it seems like a patient waits until they're all alone to pass away. But other times they will wait for someone to come to be with them as they die. In reality, they're like Elijah. They really appreciate the fact that we're with them still, even though they may say, you can go now. And we need to walk that lonely, difficult road with people that are dying. Even this part of the journey is better when we have good company. As our dying friend approaches the Jordan, we have time to talk about what we mean to one another. And although it is indeed a painful time for us, we draw strength from one another, even as death draws near. Like Elisha, when death finally separates us from our friend, we might even feel deserted by God. Death has a way of removing more than just our loved ones from us. It can steal God from us for a season. Where did you go, God? Where are you now? We felt your presence when we were walking on the road with our friend, but not now. That is such a natural human experience. And there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. But in times, God and our friends help us know where God is. He has not left us. The company of our prophetic friends begin to see God in us and to tell us so. And that's when we come to realize that we've come to a place of joy and thanksgiving. We realize that the departed one has given us a portion of their own faith in life experience. We now know where God is. God is within our hearts, living in us, and the experience has made us stronger, even as Elisha was stronger. On the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus was given a foretaste of his glory, and James and Peter and John were allowed to see this. They saw Jesus discussing his coming death with Moses and Elijah, meaning, among other things, that Jesus' death was indeed a fulfillment of the words of the law and the prophets and all that they had to say about the Messiah. And soon after Jesus' resurrection on Pentecost Day, the disciples would receive that same Holy Spirit that had lived in Moses, Elijah, Elisha, and Jesus. And perhaps that's another significance of the fact that some of those disciples got to see their mentor in his glory, just as Elisha had seen that of his mentor. And just as Elijah passed from life on earth directly to life in heaven without a break in his existence, so did Jesus promise that we all would pass through death directly into resurrection life he even promised the thief on the cross that today he would be with Jesus in paradise. And as Elisha knew that life in eternity awaited him also, so did this experience with Jesus 
assure his disciples that they also would be with Jesus throughout all eternity. Amen. I invite you to stand as together we affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Please be seated and we will now worship God by giving. I can sing 
in the troubled times. Sing when I win. I can sing when I lose my step and fall down again. I can sing because you pick me up. Sing because you're there. I can sing because you hear me, Lord. When I call to you in prayer, I can sing with my last breath. Sing for I know that I'll sing with the angels and the saints around the throne. How can I keep from singing your
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Great week.